0: I think there's potential. I think that there's so many resources, more than ever before, of, you know, being able to take control and consciously create your life and take hold of it, so... I think it starts with like the, the children and the small, you know, knowing from, if I knew, you know, it's like that old adage, like if I knew then what I know now, I would be doing X, Y, and Z. And of course, none of us will ever be in that position because you only know through being here and learning and growing and changing.
1: everybody. Welcome to Movement Matters. Just got out of the sauna. It seems like that's when I have the most focus and uh, and clarity and, and energy to get on here and jibber-jabber with you and to tell you what there is to tell you, to share with you what there is to share. So what is there to share? i mostly going to just talk about the guest today, Danielle Gannon. And... Let's see. It was a really, this was a very sweet conversation um, in that I think we went in directions that were, I think, well, at least for me, but I think for both of us, a little surprising. I knew we would talk about parenting because I just knew that would come up, and it very much did. It was probably a big focus, especially in the context of education, and you may already know about Danielle's work uh, with The school and the homeschooling, the red barn, if you will. Uh, It's pretty interesting stuff. And we talk, honestly, quite a bit about it. Way more than, again, I thought we would. And that's great. It was good. Um, There is a bit, I will say, about her that she was kind enough to provide, which is very helpful. But let's see what else is there to add. Um, Well context came up. The word context, which comes up a lot. I seem to be using that word quite often. (laughs) Um, I guess understanding that we are, for some of us, in a post-pandemic world or state of mind at the very least at this point. And I guess I want to acknowledge that I know that's not necessarily true. That's not true, you could say. So wanting to be clear about that in terms of context, there's a way of thinking that makes sense to say that we are or we can be operating that way post-pandemic, if you will. And there's also a way to, obviously, or there's validity in thinking that we're needing to still be very, at the very least, respectful of other countries and other places and other, well, where there are still very clear challenges. And I guess I'm acknowledging that because at one point, I think I say that it was, you know, there's there's a couple places where it could have, we could have gone into some kind of, um, I guess divisive issue is a fine word to use. And we both, This was the real sweet moment, for me at least. We both, I think, kind of agreed and acknowledged that there's really just no value in doing that. We didn't even have to say it. It was just sort of implicit and clear. It's not even worth it. What's the point, regardless of our conversation? And this was one of the first conversations I've ever had with Danielle. We've met before, but this was the first very in-depth and real conversation. I think we both agreed that there's just no... The value of getting into anything divisive is so uh, not on our radar. If there is any value, it's not on our radar. It's important at times, but in this context, again, and I think in general, it's just increasingly not that valuable. So I enjoyed that. I'm glad we didn't do that, get into anything divisive, Um I didn't intend to, I didn't think we would, but I'm just acknowledging that I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. I think the best part was uh, occasionally joking about um, our shared appreciation for 90s music, especially rap, and her use of um, notorious, I believe his name is B.I.G., and occasionally D.M.X., when uh, educating the young folk at Red Barn Homeschool. And I'm sort of kidding. But you can never you can never tell with me, can you? That's the fun part, folks. So before I read what she has to share, um, we're sponsored. This show is officially now also sponsored. We have three sponsors, the new one being Tony Ortiz. We've also been sponsored all year, all season by Native Cafe, which you've heard me say a few things about. I think you know it. I think they're doing all right. Right, Jay? You guys are doing fine over there. You're enjoying monopolizing the cafe scene in Doylestown and maybe Bucks County and eventually the world. Help Native Cafe in that regard become the Amazon of cafes. I think that's a good goal. You know, all things native. Let's really... Let's bring the native to the Amazonian context. There's that word again. And I apologize. I just can't help it. Sometimes these ridiculous statements just come out of my mouth. It's it's partly why I do this. It's good therapy for me. As always, you can skip all of this. <laughs> um, native Cafe is the one. Philadelphia Table Company is the other one. They're going to start giving me some sincere things to say. I think they've uh, they've gotten fed up with my... Um, better than IKEA esque plugs. Even though it's true, it's better than IKEA. But here, here's one thing I will acknowledge: the One Planet. Um, make sure I got this. Sorry, I didn't double check this before. One Planet um, is a. Sus- yeah, it's just called One Planet. I wasn't sure if it was Foundation. Basically, they're part of that. Um, yeah, the one pl- it is foundation. I apologize. The One planet Foundation. Philadelphia Table Company, in short, is an eco-friendly company. I think you, it's fair to say that Patagonia is one of the main inspirations for the um, furniture and home decor brand that is Philadelphia Table Company. And Patagonia is known for being one of the most... Green and um, eco friendly and zero or close to zero carbon footprint like businesses. And Philadelphia Table Companies is aiming to be the same. And I believe you will find that care uh, is integrated into the quality of what they make and how they make it. That also being said, their pricing can't be beat for what they're offering. It is Locally made, locally sourced, sustainably sourced wood and materials that, as far as I can tell, you can't beat price-wise. They will make it quicker and make it more affordable for you, and it will last your entire life. The it can be anything, as I've said many times, from obviously a table to a desk to um, a more unique kind of table like a gaming table. They've made a one of their coolest pieces with a Dungeons and Dragons table for d d They've also made everything, anything that can be <laughs> primarily made out of wood, they make it. They, they've made dog houses. Um, I think they're moving into even, they did a stairway for God's sake at this cool restaurant. Booths for restaurants. Good stuff. Good stuff. So lastly, Tony Ortiz. He's our third sponsor, official sponsor. Much thank gra- gratitude to Mr. Ortiz. Um, T- Ortiz Art is what you're going to be seeing soon. Anthony Ortiz Art. We have a couple of his paintings here, actually. I have some at home. He mostly does painting, but in general, Ortiz Art. Um, you're going to see more of that, to say the least. And it is gorgeous. I have one in my dining room, one in my bedroom, and like I said, there's some here at Coru. So yeah, great, sponsored Movement Matters podcast. So lastly, Danielle Gannon, pleasure to talk with her. I think you'll really enjoy hearing what she's passionate about, her focus, the fact that all she really wants to do is share what sparks people, create situations where you can see what is inspiring for people and you feel the inspiration and build on that i think her vision has always been to build on that i I think you hear her literally describe that from childhood to today um as it says here i met her as the co-founder of organons uh, which is part of her background to say the least she's also a mother to three children she's a gold leader with young living founder and director of Local Spotlight with Danielle. It's part of how she shares that which is so inspiring. Um, it's a local marketing and social media management company to say the least. And she is, as I've already said, the English teacher and co-founder of the Red Barn Homeschool. School. Um, that's it. That's all we need to say about Danielle to say, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Enjoy the conversation. And again, thank you, Danielle. Be well.
0: That was helpful. You were, but be- I'm not as loud as you, but you got it.
1: We got it. So for whomever. Yeah. Red, say it again Red Barn red Homeschool. Barn, red Barn Homeschool. Yeah. But we agreed to start with local spotlight.
0: Let's start with local spotlight. That sounds good. That started
1: first. Spotlighting the spotlight. So if Which we're one?
0: working on a timeline, that started first. So that's good.
1: Yeah. I honestly, I really thought that the Red Barn. <laughs> was longer. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's just been a long six, nine, 12, 18, it's been a whatever long month. Year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Tell me about the spotlight, though. So, it's a look, fun thing to see.
0: Yeah, it's 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 so fun. Um, basically, where Spotlight was born is um, well. First of all, I went to school for journalism and broadcast, and I graduated Penn State with a degree in journalism. And always wanted to have my own little um, interview show. Basically, since I was a small, like a little girl, I always wanted a small little child. <laughs> I always wanted to have my own little interview show where I could sit down with someone and interview them. And um, I was always so inspired by a lot of different people I would watch on TV. And um, then I went to school for that. And then turn of events, you know, after I graduated, I did, I had some internships at radio stations and things downtown. And then as far as like applying for positions, um, I tried out to be a um, traffic reporter for NBC in, God, I don't know. It was like the early 2000s. They were doing like an open call casting. So I went and long story short, you know, I got through a number of the um, tryouts. And then last one of the last ones, I was basically in denial that I needed contacts or glasses at the time and the teleprompter was so far away. I just like couldn't read it properly. And you know, long story (laughs) short, that was over. (laughs) And then not too long after that, I just like picked up, moved out West and um, lived in Las Vegas for about five years. And uh, yeah, that's another whole story. But um, kind of like got into sales and real estate and things at that point and kind of gave up on the whole journalism journalism aspect. Um, it was a booming market to get into real estate in when I was out there and um, like oh four oh five. So it was like- You already
1: have your journalism degree at this point, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Go on. Yeah.
0: So it was, so then fast forward and um, you know, there's a ton of things that I did between then and now, but After having my three children, and then um, I started doing local spotlight in connection with the store. And I was interviewing local vendors and going out and like interviewing people that made their own chocolates and talking to them and their bread and, you know, their veggie burgers and all different people that sold to us. And, um, I decided to, I I just loved it. It like lit a spark inside of me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is something that's bringing me back to like what I love and I've gotten far away from it. And now this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It just felt so good. It felt right. So then through a turn of different events, I decided to kind of like separate it into its own little thing. And, um, I started, uh, reaching out to various different, I, I mean, I grew up around here. I've been in this area pretty much my whole life. So I have a lot of, uh, friends, family, acquaintances that own their own businesses. And I thought, you know what, like, I want to go out My heart is with dreams and passions and what lights people on fire and what makes them want to do what they're doing and, you know, what the vision is. And I want to see that, them them cast that vision. I want to hear about it and dive deep into it. And I love the discussion that's born from that. So I um, started doing that, you know, last year in its own little avenue. And then Corona hit, obviously. (laughs) So basically, no businesses were open to really go out and do that with. And I didn't want to do Zoom interviews or anything like that. That wasn't the direction I wanted to go. And then a couple of months into coronavirus, um, when it was time for businesses to kind of like they were getting antsy, they wanted to get reopened again, I went out, interviewed a couple of different business owners about like the hurdles that they're up against, kind of went on the heels of that aspect and then just continued rolling it out, and um, here we are—you know, like a year into it, basically. And I've got a couple really good ones under my belt, and it's constantly like ebbing and flowing and changing. But that's life, right? It's always unfolding and opening up to the next thing. So, yeah. So it's been—it's been a lot of fun. I absolutely love it. I wish I could do it every day of the week, <laughs> like you know.
1: But well, it certainly fits, obviously, with what you wanted to do as a. From yeah, early on to now, yeah. So you created your own show and essentially your own channel and yeah. seized the the modern technology that's available.
0: Exactly, which is really what's so so cool too. Um, not to cut you off, but thinking about like what how it felt almost like such a challenge. Like years ago, when I wanted to do that, you had to be hired by NBC, ABC, you know, CBS. you had to get onto a network. And there was only so many limited spaces available, you know, um, to be able to do something like that. But now with modern technology, it's like we can all have our shot at doing what we really want to do and seeing where that takes us. And, you know, for everybody, it's something different. Maybe it's not that you're hoping to hit this grand slam and make a ton of money. It's really about like just lighting you on, you know, lighting the spark within you that opens you up to all these new possibilities and opportunities that life is presenting to you. So that's what this does for me. And I know that, you know, what is meant to be will come from following that that
1: feeling. Yeah, it's obviously like we were discussing earlier led you to quite a few things, um, hemp eventually being relevant yeah, that came from this, right? Or was that already part of your world? Um Sugar Bottom hemp?
0: Well, sugar bottom hemp actually came from the school. Okay. I met so them through the school.
1: Follow the breadcrumbs. Yeah. And all right. Let's jump around a little bit. You opened a school. So you literally opened a school, right?
0: <laughs> well, yeah. So basically what happened is um if that's not the right way to put it. <laughs> also, also with um this whole coronavirus thing, you know, last year it was like, okay, the schools went virtual and everybody yeah. was home pulling their hair out, going totally crazy, you know, in front of laptops.
1: I will officially, yeah, it's been over a year now with Griffin at home and yeah. it certainly isn't needed at this point, but it mm-hmm. only works for us. Cause, um, he's honestly so good at it. It's so easy. Yeah. And I know that's not the case for a lot of people and, regardless i'm looking forward to him going back in the fall to yeah, say the least
0: for so many reasons mostly just
1: schedule and structure
0: yeah that's exactly right. that's how i felt last year like the kids were at um buckingham Friends school okay. and you know we loved it and they were doing which great there which has been
1: open right
0: which has been open yes but um last year when this whole thing happened every you know they went virtual from um, march until end of the year
1: oh, that's another connection to Palo and Layla obviously yes yeah. yes our <laughs> sons
0: were in school together right. they're in the same grade um, Issa and Gabriel but um, so they went virtual and we did that for you know the length of time till school was ending yeah. and then through last summer, me and a number of different friends and families that I have from the area and my own little network, we kind of like, we're having the conversation, like, what are we going to do? Because we don't, we know that come September, this is not disappearing. This is not going away. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be able to go back to normal this soon. We know it. So we're like, what do we want to do? You know?
1: And- Doesn't that feel like such a long time ago, those it, conversations? It does. I remember those conversations last summer with some of Griffin's peer parents, parents. And I can't believe that was literally just last summer.
0: I know it feels like it feels so long ago, but then the change only recently things have kind of changed, you know, for all of us where we feel a little bit more normalized now, but for a while, I mean, my gosh, it was like the never ending saga, you know, and it affected everybody so much. Um, But as far as the school's concerned, we just, a number of parents and I agree, we're like, we're not, we don't want to send our kids back to school in the way that they're going to go back. That's not, we don't want to do that. We don't want to send them back wearing masks all day. We don't want to send them back in our case. Like it's a very heavy tuition payment to go there and um, not knowing like the certainty of are they going to be virtual half the year? Are they going to go back and forth with, you know, whatever the CDC says? There's so many unknowns that for, for us and for a number of other families, it was just the best decision to say, you know what, this year, let's band together and let's start our own little thing. So basically, we started a um, little homeschool group. Kind of works like a co-op, where we are lucky enough that the one family owns an awesome barn, which is where the name came from. The red, red barn. barn. Yeah, yeah, it's a big old red barn on thirty acres in Furlong. And, um, they have, that's where they live, their home is on there and then they have a barn and she was like totally up for it. She's like, yeah, let's, let's set it up. We set up a school. So we ordered desks and chairs and we, um, had a deep dive into curriculums and figure out like English curriculum, math, science, history, like kind of touch on the really important things that were imperative for the kids to learn. And all agree on curriculums. And then we broke it down where I was the English teacher because my background is journalism. So that comes easy for me. So I'm the English teacher. One of the moms is the math teacher. One does the preschoolers. Another one is the science teacher and the music teacher. We have a phys ed situation once a week. Um, That's changed a little bit. And we just structured it, put it together, and then we started running it like a normal school, like Monday through Friday, nine, basically 9 a.m. to like noon are our working hours. Then they break for lunch, and then we would do like an activity in the afternoon where we meet up with other homeschoolers around Bucks County and go to parks or go to the creek or go skiing. I mean, the amount of things that have been strung together this year for the kids has been... I'm the, it's uh, it's probably the most proud I've been of maybe anything, you know, that I've ever done because I can see the kids were thriving all year. And, and I can't take full credit for it. It's me and these, you know, five other families that have really all band together to make this happen
1: every day. Well, you can take the credit that you deserve to take, which is quite a bit, and you all deserve a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, in, it's been fun to watch, to say the least. To, and obviously, I haven't been there. I haven't seen it in action, but yeah, just a little bit from the. You, you know, can pop in the phone. <laughs> yeah, in. I, I will. I, de- I will. I will definitely do that. Um, before it ends, which I guess is in a week or Soon. two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So.
0: Time's a ticking. <laughs> <laughs> do, you,
1: I can see this being a big topic. Do you foresee continuing it, or what do you got? Do you know what you're all going to do in the fall?
0: Well, so that's been like the big because it was um, a success. It was a huge success. complete
1: success, success right?
0: It was a huge we and didn't I have know. to ask
1: about 90s rap eventually, because yeah. it's come up twice. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Remember? And the story on there, mm-hmm. too. We were dancing were to Biggie. We were to
1: Juicy, no less, I Yes, we yeah. were.
0: And it was it was the um, appropriate version. But, yeah, we- I they're all appropriate for,
1: <laughs> what are they, seven or eight-year-olds, right? They're
0: moving up. Yeah, yeah, they're they're seven to 11, I think. Perfect. Um The younger ones are four and five. But, that yeah. That was
1: Biggie's target audience. People yeah. don't know that. <laughs>
0: Was it? I don't know if I knew that. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I mean, it was um, It was a huge success. We didn't know. We were like, you know what? Whatever we do in the grand scheme of things, it's going to be good. We're going to figure it out. And if they were behind on any sort of subject or topic, you know, they're going to catch up. This isn't the end of the world. Yeah. We're going to give them the best we can. And, and they're then, probably not. And they're not yeah. actually doing better, I think, than they would have been. And they're getting that, like, more one-on-one, you know, um support. And throughout the year, so many different families from Bucks County have reached out over Instagram through visiting, you know, the page, seeing the stories. I mean, so many families have reached out saying, Hey, like, are you taking, are you accepting more students? Can we send our children there? And so we understand that there's a real need and a want for this. We just have to figure out how to scale it the appropriate way. Because at this point, it worked this year to, to do it as a co-op. But we don't need any more people necessarily to make it that co-op type situation. So now there would have to be like a monetary exchange of some sort to make it, you know, make worthwhile for the people that are there dedicating all of their time. Um, so there's a lot of little pieces to figure out. And this coming week, we have a I can imagine a yeah. meeting to kind of figure out, okay, like, are we keeping it small like this again for next year? Or are we going to look into funding? Are we going to charge people? What are we doing? So
1: Well, implied there, though, is that you're doing it again, regardless.
0: We're pretty, yeah. That's
1: great. We pretty great. much are. Yeah. That's a big deal. It is. Yeah. Wow. So you also became a teacher? Yes. An English teacher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So that's the other thing. I'm like, okay, well, now I'm a full time English teacher. You found
1: your journalism. Path. You, you made that work. It didn't have to be WMR like you right. talked about. Um, <laughs> right. Didn't have to be one of the local stations. You figured that out. Right. And you became a teacher, an English teacher, no less. Yes. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. Um, it's been fun. The, yeah, scaling up, I can imagine, is tempting, but also probably not necessary. It's only been one year. Why? Yeah. Why rush? We just
0: feel like we know that there are so many people that want to do this, that want to benefit from this type of like small town, old school, back to basics kind of feel. Mm -hmm. And um, we want to be able to offer that, but it also has to make sense because it's so much time involved, you know, doing this. And then also the more people you get, the added age ranges and different grades there are to try to coordinate, okay, how am I teaching English to second grader, fourth graders, fifth graders, you know, a sixth grader, we have to, there's a lot of figuring out.
1: Did you foresee wanting to do this in any way before? Like you obviously knew about journalism, so to speak, but did you Mm -hmm. foresee that at any point in your life?
0: (laughs) It is actually funny. I started off, I started my college education off with elementary education okay, and I always loved, I kind of always wanted to be a teacher as well. So I actually this year (laughs) kind of rounded out nice for me. I was able to kind of tap into all those things. And it was funny when I look back at that, I'm like, wow, like the things I always dreamt of and thought about as a child are all coming to fruition now, decades later, you know? Um, but I'm,
1: I'm very curious as to why people, I can, guess a few reasons i could definitely speak for myself of course but why you all and why many people would want to do this um because it's it does it is a lot of effort as Mm -hmm. a number of people found out i know people who took on homeschooling even just their families and learned quickly that it was way more than they could handle Mm -hmm. but it is i think extremely tempting for a lot of people but i'm wondering what's the unifying detail That that's what I just always tend to wonder, but what is the kind of common denominator that would inspire people to want to do that? What I found
0: is that it's it's like it's the values. It's the underlying value of knowing what your children are learning every day and making sure that they're not being indoctrinated to think a certain way based on the institution that they're a part of. And that's that I think is like the underlying
1: can we break that down feet? a bit? We are can you, break that down. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, because I'm very intrigued by that. What, what would be some of the specifics that you would perhaps, if you're okay mm-hmm. getting into that, what are some of the specific sort of, I guess, concepts or stories or, um, yeah, conforming, like ways that people unintentionally conform through education? Mm-hmm. What are you specifically paying attention to?
0: Well, it's, it's probably a it's everything. Big topic. Yeah. It is a big topic, and I'll be <laughs> cautious somewhat here. But um, I think, I'm
1: completely no holds barred on that. Like, if yeah, that to me is actually probably what often I want to talk about with people. But yeah, you tiptoe as much <laughs> as you need.
0: <laughs> I think that um, I think that there's an agenda, like an overall agenda that is being impressed upon our children in the public school system, for sure, um, and also the in- The central,
1: well, in this- Just in the wor- county in world. County world, the world. In That's the country. Country.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, there's a there's a theme that is being rolled out and there's a certain way of thinking. It's not so much like a free thinking. Anymore, And children being encouraged to question and to think outside the box and to not just agree with everything that they're being told, Um, to question, to to have two sides of every coin, to learn two sides of every situation and every coin, you know, or big topics. Um, And when they're not taught to think that way, there's no critical thinking involved. And it's kind of like creating the worker bee. Right? Do you think
1: that's unique to, quote-unquote, public education or, dare I say, American culture?
0: American culture, for sure.
1: Yeah, and they go hand in hand, obviously.
0: I think it's more prevalent in the public education because they're being fed the books, basically by the government, mm. is giving them the books. There's certain books that are approved as, like, you know, this is the educational material that is approved and you should use in order to get the funding, it all
1: goes hand in hand. Yeah, there are differences in certain states, though, right? Like federally, there's probably a lot, but state by state, you can do some things differently, I believe. I'm sure, especially history. We hear, I hear. I've never read the books from say Texas, but right. supposedly there's some differences. Mm-hmm. I think overall, though, your your point about whether it's literally because of these books that are shipped out all over the country or a sort of underlying tone or mm-hmm. perception that is whether it's intentionally or unintentionally fed yeah there's a lack of I think the word of 2020 was nuance a lack of nuance often mm-hmm. that's unintentionally produced <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I agree I think it's just um I don't know. I mean, you know, private schools have more flexibility with what they can do because they're not taking government funding. So they can decide based on like yeah. the mission or the philosophy of the school, or if it's like a faith-based school. Obviously, they kind of go with that underlying mm-hmm. indoctrination, um, whatever it is. And and I think there's a lot of good things about all of those. I think there's a lot of good things to be said about all of that. I think there's a a lot of good in the um public school settings i understand why people choose that i understand why people choose private schools and the different you know religious schools or um like a friends school or different quakers, quakers. Yeah. um i understand it and i see a lot of good in a lot of it um it's just that i personally like to what i've learned to love about this homeschool culture is i like to be able to decide what I want my child to be exposed to. Mm -hmm. And what I found in the past year, as opposed to the years when they were in school, is that before you pull up, drop them off, they go in, you pick them up seven, eight hours later, we're driving home. How was school? Good. What did you do? I don't know. You know, they don't know. They don't remember. And it's not because they're not teaching it well. It's just because, you know, kids, it's in one ear and out the other for the most part. And and they don't, they're not uh, remembering enough to have a discussion about it. But what I like is that now in this last year you know i'm with them throughout the day so i know exactly what they're learning so then when we're having dinner at night i can sit down and talk to them about the topics that we learned about in school and kind of like we have like more camaraderie at the dinner table and i also feel like i can help them like if they're not if there's something that they're not doing really well with they're really struggling with reading or this that and the other i already know that and i can get a handle on it versus finding out you know weeks later from school or Um, and just also like the curriculum, like I handpicked the English curriculum this year. I absolutely love it. I love what they're doing. It's like back to basics, like they're declassifying sentences, you know, like stuff I had to relearn myself, like third grade grammar is, it's really advanced this program we're doing, but it's like an adjective, a conjunction, um, and you know, all of breaking down the pronunciation and why we're using certain words and how they relate. And it just helps you form a better understanding of the English language and how to write better and ultimately how to communicate better. So, um, yes, yeah, so I've been really happy with it, but I think that the underlying theme with homeschoolers is that they want to be more in control of what their child is learning.
1: Got it. Makes complete sense. And <laughs> yeah. Did you ever read a book called Homegrown? I'm pretty sure it's called Homegrown. It's almost like yeah. homeschooling on full, like all out, because it's all about more or less the focus of literally, like everything being about being on the land, and the primary mm-hmm. way of learning is outside. You could call it play, but it, it doesn't even. There's no. Excuse me. There isn't even necessarily any familiar structure to how the people that wrote this book are are um, raising their children. It's just mm-hmm. you have a day, you go about the day. It's not one this 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 and this one thing after another. It's it's more like an unlearning, like unschooled. It's yes, that's the term I think they probably are using. Yeah. Does that seem too far, or is that intriguing? Is that attractive? Because I can see the overlap.
0: There's an overlap, but for me, there's there's a balance. I don't feel comfortable doing
1: that. Yeah. Um. Because and and there was. That's basically your literally whole life that way. You have to have the land. You have to, of course, you you be able to pay your taxes. <laughs> right. Right. Probably your farming essentially.
0: Yeah, and that's what's so great about the property that we're on is that the kids. Um, there's horses on the property. There's chickens. We hatched our own eggs. They've raised the baby chicks. They're they're you know handling the chickens every day. They're getting the eggs. They're taking them in. Um, we're using those eggs to bake food to bake goods. Um, we wonderful. planted seeds and now we're sprouting the seeds in the school and then we're gonna plant them outside in the garden. They're gonna you know harvest that and then we will sell it outside like on the road in a little cart for just to have fun and give them that idea of like you know selling and commerce um we have done we do a lot of play they're outside all the time there's a lot of ground to run there's a lot of nature but i don't we still are all on the same page where we like the structure of having those hours where we're like, okay, when we get in and we're all getting settled on the, t- the teachers are getting in and getting their books done, putting their stuff in the fridge, the kids are running crazy outside and they're playing and playing and we're inside chatting. And lately now that it's been spring, we're sitting outside and getting like, having our morning coffee together and we're the kids are all running playing we're giving them a, like extra half hour before we start school it's not like super super structured but then we like to come in and we I want hear to hear the have... balance
1: though that's why i threw out that example cuz i wasn't sure how far so to speak from the current yeah. norm you all were interested in going
0: we like the structure we yeah. still like the structure and we still like to have like the scholastic part of it like the
1: learning C- clear got it yeah um i think both yeah i think the direction of what well, you're obviously questioning as the parents the mothers the fathers mm-hmm. etc questioning the norm and therefore representing that for your children yeah seems kind of intentional or very it, it almost makes sense that that's what's going to happen more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, is there? I don't even know if I have a question. More just curiosity about some of the other specifics. Is there? I guess a. Hmm. I get you on the balance, and I that's that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, did you ever? Because you mentioned movies, or did you ever see Captain Fantastic? Uh. Oh, God. <laughs> Nat,
0: I saw the um trailer yeah. a couple of weeks ago and um you know I really want to watch it. I was told to watch it and I saw the trailer and I understand what he did and um
1: I think that he finds balance it, in the end. I think it's I won't spoil anything, yeah. but it's a beautiful movie. I, yeah. it's one of my favorite movies of all time. I really connect with the dad. Um Vigo Mortensen kind of yeah. in fact, that's him there, my geek mode there. Where? Oh, the little guy up there.
0: Uh, Oh, really? (laughs) Oh, well.
1: So, yeah. And I guess the curiosity is, like, clearly you're going to inform people with this. You're just the children alone. Like, they're going Mm -hmm. to, and then they're going to inform others. Like, this will have an effect on a larger scale no matter what. And just by virtue of talking about it with people. I guess the question now that I've thought it through and, and mumbled my way to here is: Do you all have a sense of where you'd like it to go on a larger scale, in terms of? like it, it doesn't. You don't even have to know how you would do it, but like where and with whom and money and all that. But mm-hmm. if people were to specifically be attracted to this, as opposed to the, I'm going to just keep going at the norm. Yeah. Um, do you have a sense of? The key thing that would attract them is it inspiring children to question and to have more questions. Or, I'm guessing there's something there that just hasn't been
0: like an underlying thing yeah. that is like our driving force every day. That yeah,
1: we're... I can see it being like I'm yeah. interested in fleshing that out because I have a sense of what it.
0: Yeah, it's. I don't
1: want to guess. Yeah,
0: it's, it's <laughs> or assume. Too, <laughs> it's to question. It's to think outside the box. It's to um, explore. Um,
1: I guess that's what you already said. Yeah. So no. the implication is that people are not doing that enough.
0: No. And <laughs> with what's happened this last year, like I was not, comf- I was not, I wasn't sending my children back in that capacity yeah. um, to, I just don't agree with it. Um, I don't agree with masking children Um, I don't agree with sending them to school for eight hours a day in a mask. I mean, people say, oh, they get used to it and this and that. But I just, I I, like in my gut, like in my heart, like I can't do it. And um, there's a lot of reasons behind that for me too. And so I don't want to normalize things for my children that are not... that are not healthy in my understanding and, and the way, and, you know, I want to give them both sides in every situation. And I want them to understand and think through things. Um, so, you know, they know that's going on. They know that that that's going on in the world and that majority of their friends are in school in that situation and all of that. Um, but they also know that they're not, and they know why they're not. And, and they know both sides. And when they're older, I'm sure they'll all have an opinion around this time frame and around what happened. And, you know, one of my children may say, I hate that that my parents did this and I wanted to just go to school with everybody else and do X, Y, and Z. And maybe the other two are happy as a clam and, you know, they walk to the beat of a different drum. I don't know. But at least they're being given that that choice.
1: Got it. Yeah. Yeah, very much understand it. And I guess sort of selfishly, this is a topic that I care a lot about. I didn't expect us to necessarily linger here too much because I I do – it's all you, of course. It's all – it's relevant to who you are, but Mm -hmm. we can get into obviously (laughs) other things as well. But I'm sort of selfishly interested in this because education is – I actually think of what I do as inherently education. Like I'm working on marketing this place inherently as an educational space. I mm-hmm. can't call it a school. Mm-hmm. Or I don't even know if it's important, appropriate to, but the education is the key. And I, I think I'm intrigued by unschooling. I'm intrigued by mm-hmm. inspiring questions. I'm intrigued by specifically recognizing where we make certain assumptions and jump to conclusions mm-hmm. and, realizing the potential detriment of that, et cetera, et cetera. And mm-hmm. So generally, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on all of that. And I remember, I don't remember the context, but somebody once said that it's more important to ask your children not what they learned today, what did you learn in school, so to speak, like what new questions do you have?
0: Mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. Yeah, and they yeah. better have one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They better have one or yeah.
1: clearly they... Maybe weren't paying attention. Right. They're the missing thing. something. Yeah. They were probably mostly just waiting for school to school end. School to end. Or enjoying recess and then waiting for school to end. Mm-hmm. And I, I think generally there is, for what it's worth, that I, I won't say too much because it's not about me, um, but just for the sake of bouncing back and forth, there's obviously a mechanistic foundation to how. Education normally kind of works at this point. It's very mm-hmm. mechanical, mm-hmm. very machi- um, yeah. with a machine. And yeah. we, we know that it has roots in a quote-unquote industrial context. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably good and bad about that, but mm-hmm. it sounds like you and the other parents recognize that there's there's enough value in being able to take control here And, um, yeah, even if you, uh, fumble or make a few mistakes along the way, it's better than, Mm -hmm. better than what you see happening over there. Mm -hmm. So generally, I guess that plays into probably how you operate even with, uh, the spotlight. Like what draws you to certain businesses that you get attracted, attracted to and focused on? Does, Does that play into it? Like wanting to kind of highlight how certain entrepreneurs or certain people are operating as opposed to others. others. Yeah. yeah,
0: for sure. I um,
1: Not that I couldn't keep point. talking about education for the next two hours. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can, and I'm sure we'll bounce back there. But I think that um, with the spotlight, like I... I love when people, I love small business and I love that we are in America and we have the opportunity to, everybody can can go out and open their own business. They can be their own boss. They can be their own entrepreneur. That's a benefit and opportunity that we have living in this country. And, um, you know, until you like travel around the world or, you know, meet people from other parts of the world. I don't think we truly value that opportunity that we're given just by being born here in America, because that is not the opportunity that is available to the majority of the world. So the fact that we are able to just say, Hey, you know what? I have this awesome idea and I want to make a business out of this and I'm going to do it. And we can, you know, get some, a line of credit or have some, you know, um, the various different ways we can go about doing it. Um, and I just love to kind of deep dive into people, like questions, like, you know, a conversation, like, where did this come from? You know, did you, like we were talking earlier when I came in here, I mean, I think what you're doing here is is awesome. It's super unique. I can see, you know everybody has their niche and everybody has that passion that, that that like sparks them. Most people let it die out, you know, and they just kind of are like, oh, well, I'm just going to go and get my nine to five because I need to pay the bills and I have kids now and I have this and I have that and this is what I have to do. And I respect that because that is also, you know, it's responsible and, and you have to make ends meet. But to also believe in yourself and take a leap and a risk to try something that you have this burning passion and and knowing, like, I'm a big believer in um, the law of attraction. And I like what what you put out there is what you get back and, and energies and all of that. So it's like, if you truly feel something, and you feel this inspiration to do something, I believe you need to act on it. Like there's something that is that is you know, pivoting you there. And if you do act on it, it's not to say that that's the end goal, but that there's other things that can come from that, you know, like other little... Um branches that can come from that which will ultimately take you to maybe where you're ultimately meant to be or maybe it's going to be this constant changing cycle right for all of us like who knows you know we're all on this journey but I love to interview people and hear what makes them tick what was the spark inside of them that started this idea? Where did it come from? Why this? You know, like why a wellness studio? And what is it that, you know, like, like, was it because you yourself had a health crisis that then you felt like you had to heal yourself and then that led you to where you are to now help others? Or, you know, there's very, so many different stories that people have. And um, so I tend to choose people who inspire me as well. And that I can learn something from and I want to share their story. And, um, you know, like there's a lot of people like with Spotlight, it's it's a video that's like the product of it is that it's a video that comes out that's clipped and edited that people can watch to learn more about this entrepreneur or this business, right? But there's so much more to it and it's ebbing and flowing and growing and changing as I'm finding my way with how it's all going to form because there's so many people locally that are like local influencers that go out and they take pictures of this, that, this, that, all these products and businesses. And they say, go here, go there, blah, 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 blah. Right. And that I, I like to see what they're posting and all, but that's not what this is for me. Like this is, this is deeper than that. And this is not, every place showcasing this is like kind of curating like the cream of the crop, like, like for me and what that means and presenting that and it, having it be very authentic. Like that's a big piece of, of what I do. I want it to be authentic. And if it's not, then I don't want to do it.
1: Well, what I see with you with everything from organons, which is a very specific kind of obviously grocery store, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, very unique and the school and this, and I'm sure more probably, all of the little pieces, fitting it all together, is that you have a very specific worldview or um, perspective about how culture could improve, if you will, mm-hmm. or evolve. And that's like a very well-thought-out, fairly seemingly complete perspective about how culture could evolve, how mm-hmm. at least American, if not human culture at large.
0: Yeah. I like it's that. It's
1: nice to see. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's that's good. Yeah, no,
1: I like that. It, it all it looks like it all fits together. In fact, you could does. literally bring in what you call law of attraction. I think of with respect to I immediately the word that comes to mind is neuroplasticity, or just actual concepts that fit with neuroscience and how and basic understanding that um, there's a like in or like outer or relation there's a relationship between your I like to say nervous system and the world around you which is actually just literal. Mm-hmm. It's not complicated. It doesn't right. need to be worded in any kind of for lack of a more perhaps um appropriate phrase, it doesn't need to be new agey or spiritual to to mm-hmm. word it in any of these uh, or to word these concepts at all. It's yeah very, it's actual
0: like science, like quantum physics more, right? Is that what kind yeah, of what you're thinking a, too?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To the extent that I understand that. And general, just you could even say physics. Doesn't even have to be quantum. Right. Astrophysics, physics. Um, but the the relationships are the key. really understanding, mm-hmm. I would say, the laws of relationships, the reality of relationship, that you're in relationship with everything. Mm-hmm. Not just some things, not just when you feel like paying attention or when you're paying attention. It's constant. It's absolute mm-hmm. so seems like that's a sort of guiding force whether it's on purpose or not right for your um yeah, your true. takeover your world domination <laughs> 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 to yeah. fulfilling your dreams if you will yeah. yeah maybe that's a better way to say it
0: yeah for sure i think um i mean it is all connected very deliberate it, it is. It's like a de, it's like deliberate creation, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love deliberate creation. Um, but the funny thing is, is that the way this all unfolded and the way all of these pieces came together, I didn't even maybe necessarily realize that they were all, how, how connected and intertwined they all really were. But now looking back, I can see like, oh my gosh, it's all a piece of the same puzzle and it all fits together so... Oh, yeah. And you
1: literally began by acknowledging what you thought of as a little girl, as you put it.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's looping around full circle.
1: I think connectivity is a very consistent principle of, yeah. of life, Yeah. of existence. So being aware of that is kind of what I think. hear you highlighting mm-hmm. and literally maybe that Do you wonder if that could be something you actually teach on purpose? Like, could that be an aspect of a curriculum, hypothetically?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. For for the students? Yeah. For sure. Um, We've taught them all kinds of different things. Like, we have a special, we call it once a week,
1: where we... Public school too. yeah, yeah. Oh, okay,'
0: we'll have to come up with a different <laughs> <laughs> connectivity time. um, something where, you know, either a parent or someone from the outside community comes in and they teach something that is like really different or unique, um real world kind of stuff. And um it's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, that's totally something that we we did have a class on um meditation um a couple of months ago. Like in terms of what you're saying, like getting children to be aware and they are. Um, they're very aware of of this and, and my children specifically, like I listen to, have you listened to Abraham Hicks or Esther Hicks
1: at all? I know the names. I I don't I, there's a lot that I don't pay attention to. Yeah, it doesn't mean that it it doesn't mean anything. I just yeah, partly you
0: haven't deliberately gone out and turned well, it
1: on. I just I'm busy. <laughs>
0: yeah, well I'm not. And now you're, yeah. well, <laughs> yeah, no, you're. Well, more like
1: it's like more like there's so much input already. Yeah. I don't often. Yeah, that's a personal thing. Yeah, I just don't yeah. often find myself wanting more input. Like literally, just this. This is a lot of input. Pe- like talking to people is so mm. much input for me. It is. I like might. I don't need. To to learn about this person at all because I'm getting it through you. Right,
0: right, 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 right. <laughs> right, And that way you can easily, like more easily digest little bits from yes. everybody, you know, than, than focusing on one thing. And Yeah. I just, it's specifically something that I've listened to for like the past three years now. It's a woman, her name is Esther um, and her husband's name was Jerry. He passed away, but it's Esther and Jerry Hicks and they... Um, she actually like downloads messages from who they refer to as Abraham, which is like spirit, um, you know, it's, it's a higher power and it, it, it's really, really interesting stuff, but it's basically all about the law of attraction and, and just kind of like getting your mind where you need to be in order to attract exactly what it is you want. And their big thing is that you can be, do, and have whatever it is you want. And it's like, you know, we all stop ourselves because of our own insecurities or our own um, fears. Basically, the majority of things are fears that we don't even realize until you really dig deep into well, why am I stopping myself with this? Or why aren't I moving forward with this? Or, you know, it's, it's fear that's holding us back in so many aspects. And, um, so I listen to that every morning when I wake up, like I listen to something from them and it kind of just gets me in the right mindset, you know, like while I'm making my coffee, like, you know, it's a 10 minute thing on YouTube, you know, there's all kinds of different ones you can click on. But so my kids hear that, you know, so they may, I don't like necessarily put it on, make them listen to it. But they're hearing this drips and drabs throughout their- it's like
1: the birds chirping. They also pick up on that.
0: Exactly. So they're aware and, and they they
1: know. Yes. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. In fact, I remember getting emails sometimes with those, I guess, snippets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's great. Yeah. Uh, it's all about the programming, kind of what you're describing. Right. Right. Um, I remember it was I think two thousand nine. This did you ever hear of landmark education? Is that a No. No, don't worry about it. So <laughs> be do have is a I think a fairly universal concept that focus on being, mm-hmm. not having. Like mm-hmm. focusing on having is actually, whether it's on purpose or not, it's a bit backwards. Mm-hmm. Um like I and for me that the foundation is recognizing the fundamental distinction between being a body being human and having a body. And like literally that that's like a psychological mm-hmm. schism, I think is inherently destructive and limiting. So to me, that's what you're describing in a way. At mm-hmm. least that's how I kind of reframe it or interpret it. And programming can be deliberate. And if it's not deliberate, you're probably, you know, at the very least, selling yourself short. Mm-hmm. So the possibility of having a more deliberate, well, making life, living on purpose, whatever you want to say, and mm-hmm. of course is, is largely what I'm hearing you describing. Yeah. And you have to, somehow, you keep using this word spark, something must spark you to recognize mm-hmm. your what's, what continues to spark you, to use your word again. Right. And it, I always just refer to it as awareness. Like there's nothing... It's always awareness, awareness, awareness. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't think, back to sort of what you inherently were saying about Red Barn, Mm -hmm. that that's a conventional um, goal to catalyze that awareness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's on purpose like to not catalyze that, like it's deliberate, like nefarious or malicious. I doubt that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. See, I don't believe that's necessarily the case. And I, honestly, I'm not even sure that it matters, but it certainly isn't on, it certainly isn't a, a tool that is encouraged enough. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's.
0: What's not like homeschooling or. or Oh no, the
1: the (laughs) self-awareness. Right. Okay. Self-awareness. Yeah. What what I'm calling awareness. You could just self-awareness. It's. um, No, it's not. Yes. uh, But I'm just pointing out I'm not sure that that's on purpose. I think it's just for some reason not a priority. And that's why I'm very interested in what you're doing because it's mm-hmm. obviously a priority. Mm-hmm. And I, to me that seems inherently good. Yeah. I don't know how we could improve anything without that. I, I don't even know a different formula besides mm-hmm. becoming more aware, more self-aware. Mm-hmm. How you go about that, there's I think a lot of different options. But
0: Right. Yeah. There's all kinds of different avenues that people take, I think, to get more in touch with themselves or stop doing what it is that's self-destructive. You know, there's all kinds of things. I mean, some people go into AA and take that route. I just met a
1: gentleman yesterday who's been in it for 21 years. Yeah.
0: Right. And that's opened their eyes and that path has taken them to where they need to go to be self-aware and self-disciplined to get the results they want. Other people are you know, taking, everybody has their own way. Like I'm doing, I listen to my stuff every day. I read books. I, I'm i like a um, self-awareness junkie or something at this point. I feel like all you know, anytime I can, I'm downloading well, a new book on Audible. Or I'm probably listening.
1: can't get enough.
0: Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> awesome to hear. And just, you know, everybody's got their own little tool that they use. Well, not everybody though, right? There's many people that aren't using any
1: tools and that are just, That would be the distinction. I think there's awareness and there's whatever you want to call it. Once you become aware, though, it's a never-ending journey, as you said. It Um, is. Whatever sparks that to to get that started. And Mm -hmm. I hear what you're describing, and I didn't necessarily know this about you beforehand, and we've never, of course, had an in-depth conversation, that that is a really foundational aspect of how you are, of course, teaching children, not just your own, Mm -hmm. but living your whole life. So yeah, bravo. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And I guess in a way back to the sort of general, um, overlap between, you know, what you are all responding to and what is the norm? Do you think that's possible for awareness to become a now, a specific kind of self awareness to become like the norm for on a society. larger scale for society, if you will. I, was, I, I jump, we can mm. jump to the whole species for
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know about. Um, I think that things are definitely moving more in that direction. It's become more, I guess, quote unquote, trendy to be diving into like self help or reading these different things. I mean, I definitely think like in the last 20 years, you know, like yoga probably started a lot of it years ago where people were like, oh, what is this, this new exercise people are doing where they're laying on mats and stretching out. And then you dove into like the deeper side of how it's a more mental game. And, and I think that like a lot of, um, a lot of good people have come out of that, um, in terms of like education and educating people and the masses, like, you know, um, Wayne Dyer and like he was one of the first people that I started reading like Wayne Dyer and Louise Hay she was the very first one I started reading um which was heal your you can heal your life and it's a book about how basically everyone is like you're in control of your own health and you don't necessarily realize that like you can heal your body if you heal your mind first and you know um some people who are just listening to you know conventional ways of eating and and food and doctors and things and not taking control of their own health are unfortunately like you know they're diagnosed with something they see it as okay this is the end game and then they they fall into the trap of taking many different pharmaceuticals and then all of a sudden they're in the position that they're in and things are no good But if you actually look into alternative measures and you realize that like, you know what, a lot of times cancer comes from this deep emotion that I've been holding and harboring and it's sitting within like an organ actually gets stuck it's it's a whole thing I won't get into because it's it's complex and it's, I'm to, not it's necessarily relevant. an
1: expert on it but you're in a place called real wellness
0: yeah yeah that book though if, if you ever want to yeah, know, yeah or anybody that's listening like that book is just so cool to reference because you look up like the ailment or the disease or whatever it is that you or somebody you know has and you're like oh my gosh like this is what this is from this makes total sense you know and so it's just about being able to be conscious. So getting back to where you're from, because I you know I'm kind of going off course here, but like, do I think that as a whole people can change? Um, I think that people want to. I think that for the first time in a really, really long time, people are questioning you know, their health and the food and what has been happening and they're, they're, they're trying to take control. And they're trying to do alternative things. Um, so I do think that a lot of people are waking up. But everybody's term and definition on waking up is something different too. You know, some you know, people say, oh, I'm, I'm woke or whatever. And that means something different to this person than it means to this person. You know, so. But. Um, I think there's potential. I think that there's so many resources more than ever before of, you know, being able to take control and consciously create your life and take hold of it. So I think it starts with like the the children and the small, you know, knowing from, if I knew, you know, it's like that old adage, like if I knew then what I know now, I would be doing X, Y, and Z. And of course, none of us will ever be in that position because you only know through being here and learning and growing and changing. But um, I think like if I was but there when ideally, I was a child.
1: Yeah, ideally though you have wisdom that has been passed down from previous generations to you and then you right. pass it on. I think that is the ideal. And I think what you're kind of un, sort of unintentionally highlighting, and maybe it's intentional in some contexts, but here at least, is that that's not actually what has been happening for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, it seems like, yes, to use that phrase, we're waking up to that. We really don't have wisdom that we're passing on for, to the next generation and it hasn't been passed on from the previous generation to us, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, oh, this is actually, a, we might need that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, a, there's a real extent to which we can get lost if we don't have that. Why we don't have that is a there's a lot of layers to that, but at least recognizing that we need it, mm-hmm. and clearly that's what you're bringing yeah. to your children at the very least. Yeah. Um, the fact that there are different terms is always intriguing to me because we have to have some shared language. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it seems like it's going to be tricky to connect without that, but you know it's such a I guess you could say many layers to it. You know, thinking about Paolo, who I didn't know you went to school with, Mm -hmm. we're both big fans of. I think uh, with respect to Chinese medicine, this this isn't exactly foreign at all. Mm -hmm. Um, The concept of having stored energy or an emotion, so to speak, in your body or like Mm -hmm. it being held or creating some sort of... um, block or mm-hmm. the way I often I mean it kind of goes right into your tissue like you said in an organ that's just soft tissue and there's a um sort of a, a tightening and a holding that's counter to what we're attempting to do flow right <laughs> and <laughs> right. and are doing obviously and I I perceive a a fundamental distinction between wanting to explore these more alternative concepts and possibilities as being rooted in maintaining, allowing for and maintaining a flow. Mm. Not not that that's the only thing, but it's clearly we need more of it within our bodies, within our culture, within our thoughts, within our, I'm sure on all scales to Mm. some extent, how we envision... To what we think of as possible, and there's a—I don't think there's an awareness of the extent to which we're not doing that. I think that we're largely very engaged in these sort of almost robotic patterns, increasingly so. And mm-hmm. um, the the back comes back to the education again—the mechanistic kind of right structure that has value, but maybe not as much as we thought.
0: Yeah, like you said before, like it's nice the structure of having stuff like that. Like that's where but that's Yeah, you been don't want to learned... go
1: full homegrown or full Captain right, Fantastic right, as you see.
0: <laughs> right. But that's been a learned that's been learned behavior of us, right? To be structured. So you could question that too. Um because I
1: have, but I see I see the need for both. It's kind of what Yeah, I'm, right what you already said too, the balance.
0: The balance is nice for sure. But like before, back in, back in, I don't even know, 100 years maybe or more ago, before there were actual like schools where children went, right? What were children doing, right? At home, they were waking up in the morning, helping their parents, like with the chickens, doing the farm, washing clothes making food, chopping, taking care of the babies. that's why people had you know seven eight nine, ten kids because they were all helping and they were that's what they were doing. that's what they that's what their purpose in life was. And so if you think about how things have changed and and ebbed and flowed, it's because taxes, right It's because a lot of that has to do with like the way our, Our government has formed and changed the way we have to live in order to live in this society. So you can't just stay home all day and, you know, maintain your life by cooking, cleaning, feeding, and and enjoying a book or playing ball outside. You have to be somewhat structured because you have to raise, ultimately, you're raising your children to be able to live in this society. And nowadays what that means is being able to make money to pay your taxes. Um, so it's an interesting change, but that's the world we live in, right? Unless you're going off the grid, unless you're gonna figure that whole aspect out, for the most part, that's that's where we're at and that's what we have to do. Well, that's
1: that's part, That's a. I love how specific that is. And you mentioned commerce earlier as well. So that's kind of why I brought up homegrown and Captain Fantastic. Like, is there an off the grid impetus, which, it mm-hmm. sounds like no, because that would be an imbalance. Um, but obviously, when you point out taxes, there's a couple key challenges. One of them being, we we have. I think part of the this is none of this I expected us to talk about, Bobby, which is fun.
0: <laughs> Me either.
1: <laughs> and we don't have to, oh. obviously. I'm good. Um, Go with the flow. Yeah, but at any point you can hit the stop button. Okay,
0: so. <laughs> I want that staples
1: button. <laughs> I think we used to have one, actually. (laughs) We did. Yeah, I threw it out. Um, There's a, there's, I think of it like, like this ripping in our psyche, like this almost in cognitive dissonance that we're constantly Mm. living with. We want to have our individual freedom, so to speak, and also be part of a collective. And Mm -hmm. it seems like we just constantly are butting our our banging our heads against the wall because we can't figure that out and or at least it doesn't look like we're figuring that out often Mm -hmm. hence you brought up taxes but we understand of course if we don't pay the taxes dot 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 Mm -hmm. i think the key is more about why and that's why i'm intrigued with everything you're doing and more about just having a better foundational concept of what like, what does it even mean to be human? Like, who, what are we like mm-hmm. as not just Americans, but like on this planet? And that is why everything comes back to these mm-hmm. quote unquote alternative or sometimes people call it spiritual, but or natural, whatever you want to call it. It's like, mm-hmm. There's a seemingly need to reform our very understanding of like being on this planet. And I don't know if we can ever figure out this individual collective battle in our heads until we do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because we know i think that if we just went full individualism we'd also want to then try to figure out how to have some kind of group experience camaraderie and yeah you need that it's, it's logical exactly you need that, exactly.
0: we need that. <laughs> humans need that we need we need conversation we need like you wonder why this last year with all of these like lockdowns and quarantines and things there was more like suicides and, um, domestic violence and just bad, a lot of bad came from it because of people like their mental health was breaking down because you were isolated and people want that human connection. You know, they want to have conversation. They need human touch. And, um, like even just like, I'm such a hugger, like I hate, I hated this whole year, like being uncertain of like who I could walk up to and be like, oh my God, how are you? You know, and give them a big hug. And, you know, because you have to respect everybody's comfort zone with where everybody's been and I get it and the fears and all of it. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you could dive down so many rabbit holes with this conversation, like what you're saying. I mean, the human collective and and where we go with that. I mean, I, I think that there's a, there is an appeal for me with like you're saying the Captain Fantastic type of thing. I, I do like I've actually contemplated, and it's something I'm actively thinking about traveling a lot this coming year because I am gonna be homeschooling, but do so I'm gonna be a part of our our Red Barn group for sure. But also The nice part about it is that there is flexibility because we have the curriculums, I teach them, I know what to do, of going on the road for a piece of that and teaching my kids on the road and letting them experience and see, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm kind of like, now's the time because they're not in a traditional setting right now. And this is the beauty of taking this path is being like, let's get in the car from, you know, August through December We're cruising and we're going to experience all kinds of different walks of life. We're going to experience the way all these different states operate and different foods. And sometimes we're going to be in a place where, you know, we're going to be like, what the heck is this? This is weird. I don't like it here. You know, we're going to test our comfort zones. But it's like that is really the best thing you could do for your kids. I feel like showing them, showing them the world, showing them other cultures, other people. I mean, you know, it's nice to have structure. And and I like being able to say, okay, from this time to this time, we're doing this. And then we break for a little. Then we're going to get ready. Mom's going to cook dinner. Then it's bath time. Then it's bedtime. I like that. And, and that's definitely needed in a lot of respects. But there's also such an appeal to just going on the road and seeing like what else is out there. You know, like I, I've always had that that bug for wanting to travel. And um I consider myself a very free spirit. I feel I'm always like dreaming. I'm I'm in my head about everything of like what what I wanna do and what where we should go and you know, what's next, and I see things before they happen, like, and and that's, like, kind of part of the deliberate creation, I guess, you know, but um, I do see myself doing that soon, so I see the appeal in that, too. It's just a little fear behind that of, like, being afraid that your kids aren't going to, like, know how to, like, you know, do long division or something <laughs> if they don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I, I don't do. use long division We're now, and I'm, now. you know...
1: Right, there's a lot. There's a lot we don't use. Right, yeah, it certainly doesn't have to go all the way to calculus. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, to find the uh, potential you know, irrelevance. But I don't hear that as off the grid. It sounds just like a really great aspect yeah. of education. Um, True. That you're realizing you have the capacity to offer, which is yeah, yeah, sounds wonderful. And you would stay within it sounds like driving distance or this country. You know, who knows? You may may end up in Panama.
0: I've been dying (laughs) to go to Italy for years now. And I was actually supposed to go in December for my birthday. Like that was a plan that in my, but then everything happened. I wasn't able to go. (laughs) So, um, you are
1: now, I believe, right?
0: I I don't know. There's, there's, um, I'm getting mixed reviews on that. So I'm not sure I should probably check in with some countries.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, oh, right, right, right. Um, whether it's safe, you mean?
0: Well, just whether you're allowed into the country or uh, not. Yeah, I don't know what their what their rules are right
1: now. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's like an EU um, lift or specific countries. I know some countries right. are allowing travel. American more.
0: American citizen, you, yeah. if you have to show like a COVID free test, or I don't know if you have to yeah. show stuff. So we'll see. But
1: um, yeah. Well, with respect to so. It's it's so obvious how easy it is for people to get the word brooding is what I'm thinking of, like lost in the the things that bug them mm-hmm. and would just brood over it. Mm-hmm. Like we could talk about vaccines, but I know we probably don't it wouldn't why would we? What mm-hmm. would be the good of that? Because it's such a divisive con- topic. There's so many things that are so divisive, whether it's mm-hmm. masks, whether it's mm-hmm. um, valuing public education or not, whether it's mm-hmm. believing in, I mean, something as grand as God or not. Like mm-hmm. all of these things that are inherently divisive. Like I, I've enjoyed the fact that almost unintentionally we haven't done that at all, and I don't really want to. I mm-hmm. don't want to with most people. Yeah. Because I think it's inherently useless. I find what's interesting right. is what's what's the overlap. What is mm-hmm. actually the intended or unintended um common ground. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's obviously always a lot or I rarely find that there isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly.
0: With people <laughs> that you have such divisive opinions well, you from think in you other ways. Might. Yeah. 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 And it's
1: like, Put down your weapons. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> right. suspect if you sit here and we get to know each other, none of that's going to be even important to you. Yeah. Uh, it, for a while. Until maybe you forget, but hopefully you won't. Right. That, but that is I think what you're potentially uh, If I hopefully I'm not projecting, but I hear you, that's a lot of what you're offering and what you're kind of bringing to the world, if you will. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I I can totally appreciate everybody's opinions on everything. I get it, and I like to talk to people and have that. You know, I get it. Everybody has a reason for why they're where they're at, um, in their mindset or their beliefs or whatever. I mean, we don't all just like make this up. I mean, everybody believes it in their core of whatever they feel so strong about, especially those topics, those divisive topics, like it's like the reason they're so divisive is because the people on each end of those are so strong about their feeling. And so that comes from a lot of different things that make that up.
1: Yeah, and that ends up being closed. You're not changing that overnight. Yeah. I, I feel very increasingly clear about two key principles for any educational context. And I, I imagine you're already bringing this to the world. And no, you're not changing that overnight like you just said. Yeah, yeah. you're certainly... No, it's <laughs> It pointless. doesn't seem likely. God, I mean, Israel-Palestine, for God's sake. Right. Um. Two key principles. One is that the learning will never stop. Mm-hmm. And there's, so, which is the same way as saying there is no complete, no, there is no complete system or no complete perspective. Mm-hmm. It's not even possible. Mm-hmm. And the ground that we all need to, I think, embrace is that we're here on earth and we're, this is home. We're, we're earthlings. We're not robots. We're not, mm-hmm. hopefully we're not trying to become cyborgs, but <laughs> un- so yeah. w- committing to understanding what it means to be an earthling, um, knowing the learning will never stop and committing to being here on earth. That's what I personally believe would to whatever extent it's possible to prioritize those two principles, I—that's where I believe the connectivity is most easily found, and the, mm-hmm. the, the common ground and the camaraderie, and the potential mm-hmm. to then create something um, better, which is really where it gets exciting.
0: Yeah, that's exciting because it's like you never know what's going to come or what what ideas are going to be born of of two people's, you know thoughts and their processes and where they are from. And and it's fun. Or three or
1: four. collaboration.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why it's fun. And it's exciting to get people around a table and talk or discuss or um, discuss topics or ideas. And and then it's like, oh, this idea bounces off of this one. And all of a sudden you have this whole new concept. You're like, wow, that's amazing. Like, look what we created, you know? So, um, and all good things come from that, you know, from a, from a combustion of, of minds really. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I agree with, um, what was the one thing you said? Um, so like we're always changing, right? Like, like we're, we're, there's no final destination type of thing. Yeah. And that's the thing is that I think, when you're younger and especially like I think like even in my parents' generation, you know, it was kind of like, well, this is what you do. Like they were, they're the boomers, the baby boomer generation. And that, you know, it was kind of like they were like guinea pigs for a lot of things. Um, And it's like they basically were told that like this is what you do. You know, you go to school, you get out, you get married, you have children, you work. You then have, you work a good job that gives you a pension Then you retire at this age, you get a pension, you get on social security, you can be retired and go live in Florida for 10 years. <laughs> and like, that's kind of the way, you know, that's, I mean, the majority yeah. of that generation the is- The
1: entire <laughs> um, conveyor belt is, is just put under your feet. Just, Doing that, Just yes. follow this path. Yes. And, and I at think, the end, you're going to die.
0: Right. And I've heard so many of my aunts and uncles and and family members in that generation say, like, kind of, you know, a little bit like half joking but half serious is like, well, life sucks and then you die. Yeah. Here we are. Life sucks and then you die. And it's sad because I'm like, you don't have to do this. Like, you don't have to follow this traditional way in in any which way. And that's like – um. Always like the thing I impress upon my kids is I've said, I say to them, like when they talk about like college or, you know, and the different things have come up over the years, I'm like, y- you might want to do that. I have no idea. You don't have to do that. You're going to. What's see. your oldest? Uh, she's 10.
1: She's talking about college. That's funny.
0: Yeah. Well, like say <laughs> that, you know, inquired, They're like, well, what is this? And we took them to Princeton University for a field trip a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So we kind of had that like discussion.
1: Got it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, um, you know, basically, I'm just like, I'm, you, I have a tickle. Did you get
1: some lavender in
0: your... <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, it's kind of like, I don't know if I am going to have to excuse myself with this tickle. and that's okay. Okay, I'm going to. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, you let me know. We'll be back. Oh, I didn't even pause it. Oh, okay. We'll just, they'll, they'll edit we'll, it. We'll either keep it because it'll be super entertaining. <laughs> oh God. <or laughs> okay. We'll see, but it, like I said, it gave me a chance to review. We've basically, you know, the original list we've more or less covered. We haven't talked about um, Sugar Bottom much, but that or not mm-hmm. directly, but that's okay. It seems like they're doing all right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are. They're doing. They're doing great. They um, they so. They kind of formed last January of 2020, so it's not been long. Oh,
1: okay. they're early.
0: They're a bit. They're they're like new too. Um, and it's this guy Fred, um, and this woman Stephanie, and they Fred owns a hundred acres, a hundred acres of farmland in Furlong, hmm. and um, him and Stephanie have been like longtime, you know, friends acquaintances, and she was like. Her family owns a horse farm not too far up the road. And basically, long story short is they came together to grow hemp on the property, understanding the benefits of it and both having, you know, different experiences, positive experiences with it in the past and decided like this would be a good way of, you know, using the land too. So they planted it last spring, harvested in the fall. And then, you know, pressed it into CBD oils, um, gummy pâtés, which I love, um, dog treats, bombs, lotions, you know, all di- different things. And um, and they're doing really, really good. And they are, they just were on CBS News, like came out and did like a report on them. They're at the Bucks County Designer Home right now. Um, have you been to that Bucks County Designer Home?
1: No. Oh okay,
0: that's like a thing that is always in Bucks County every year. It's um they bounce around, they go to different like they choose a home. I don't know who does it. Oh okay yeah. And then they redo it, and then they raise money and charge you money to walk through the house and see the different rooms they designed. But so she has a table there, and then next week she's going to the Philadelphia Flower Show, and she has this kombucha that has just more recently been it's being produced right now, but it is infused with hemp. and it's it's really cool. So that's like another really cool product that's going to be coming out with them. But I'm really like excited to be with them, like joining forces with them to to help them out marketing wise and stuff. Um
1: At the very least. But yeah, that seemed pretty straightforward. So yeah. and I look, I would, I'm always interested in new CBD topical products. I, I it never hurts to have those around. Especially, no. Yeah, like. My neck, as you can see, yeah, I need to put them on my neck every now and then. Mm-hmm. Old injuries, um, but we were talking about you were unpacking the uh, the dearth of of I guess open-mindedness in. Uh, Previous generations yeah. and how we oh 40s. right <laughs> the,
0: the conveyor belt to Florida the conveyor belt to Florida <laughs> yeah. that's
1: a good way to put it. that might even be the title of this episode
0: yes oh my gosh let's not get on the conveyor belt to Florida although I do love Florida and I would I want to live there in the winter that's something new that I've discovered you that, and a
1: lot of people yeah yeah I want
0: to um, Fort Lauderdale okay <clears throat> I really really like it there and. um I just like everything they're doing down there. I like fully am on board with with it all. So I would like to go down there in the winter um, because I love the fall here. I love you know when. The leaves change color and the weather starts to get crisp and we have like everything goes into fall mode. We have pumpkins and all that. And then this is the most beautiful area, the Northeast, to be in for the fall season when all the trees are changing color and you can drive up north and all. And then I love being here for, you know, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. It's so cozy. But then come January, it's barren, it's dark, it's just cold. And so from that point until like April, I'm good with like leaving this area going yeah. to Florida and being in the beautiful weather.
1: <clears throat> You're not a hibernator.
0: No, yeah. I like to be outside. <laughs> and I can go out in the cold, but now, you know, having three kids, getting them all suited up, they don't want to go for like hours at a time, like out in the colds. And I just feel like it's so much more healthy to be in warm climate. You know, you can go outside every day, walk barefoot or walk outside and get fresh air, sit out in the sun, sit out there and do your work. It's just like a totally different life.
1: So are you going <laughs> to come back and do an ice bath?
0: Well, I was just thinking as I'm saying this, I'm <laughs> like, I know this no, no. has to do with Wait, the I'm ice talking bath to, now.
1: I forgot who I was talking to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy I a guy with it. a polar bear picture behind me. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. I will try a, um, an ice, I will try it. Yeah, I will. Sure. For sure. Um,
1: really? Not everybody's even willing to try it. That's, I'm pretty that's relatively to try daring the, in and of itself. we we'll s- try some cold showers if you haven't already.
0: I have done that. Okay. <clears throat> Good. Yeah, I know. I've read the benefits of it on one of my, you know, one of my little things that I'm on, where I'm doing like this cleanse or that or this, and
1: increasingly very popular, and I believe it's. I think one of the most Easily accessible, efficient tools, obviously, for everybody.
0: Mm -hmm. A cold cold shower. Yeah. Yeah. What's the benefits of it? Tell us.
1: I (laughs) tell you, interview me now. I know. I was being
0: very conscious of not switching it this whole time because I am very, (laughs) I always want to ask questions. So
1: I suspected you might want to. I was like, well, that'll be, we'll do that indirectly. We'll do Not that, that I don't right? have any, and yeah. we'll
0: do it another time when I come back and we set up and do a spotlight on you. That's we'll perfect. turn the tables. I like that. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Um, I prefer to just market it straight up for your mental health, which yeah. I think is the most accurate. There's all talk, there's all kinds of talk of like recovery and inflammation, and I don't know enough. I don't think we know enough for that to be true. Plus, there's mm-hmm. plenty of evidence out there that it may actually not necessarily help with, um, to, to, just in the context of like muscular, um, I guess, healing and generally healing of your sore or damaged mm-hmm. tissues. It's not necessarily true. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to say that. I think it's absolutely crystal clear. Pure, straight, like just sharp mental health, fully clear. Just you are as sharp as attack from it. And you, after it, you
0: get out, you feel great.
1: Yeah. The experience of doing it is <clears throat> so clarifying for your mind. Hmm. You can't avoid anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so, true. yeah, talk about fear. Do yeah. you want to get over, you want to see fear, like, and it's, Most sort of raw, safe form, you obviously don't have to actually go find a bear or do anything actually life-threatening.
0: Oh my God, but that sounds more fun.
1: It could, (laughs) both could be fun, although the bear might kill you. This won't kill you. Yeah, true. (laughs) This will create that stimulus of fight or flight, but then you realize you're not actually in danger. Mm -hmm. And that process is so clarifying and so enlivening in a Mm -hmm. good way not like i'm high like uh, energy rate like raising your energy level very very much so the Mm. specific effects on a cellular level that people speculate about or it seems there's more and more evidence to prove Mm -hmm. that it's true is with respect to your mitochondria Mm -hmm. and they literally function differently that's what wim hof largely has proven with his his own sort of exploration. Mm. He's kind of the public figure of the whole thing. Do you know? Mm-mm. Oh, well, that's a whole nother no. time. I fre- he sometimes is a household name. Oh, okay. Like a lot of people seem to know about him, but maybe it's just in my bubble. Yeah. Um. However, even someone like Gwyneth Paltrow put <clears> a lot of um, or gave him a lot of uh, spotlight. Talk about oh, that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a international spotlight. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, I think. A, a lot of people know of him to some extent, and maybe obviously not a lot as much or not as much as I thought. Mm-hmm. But he's largely proven that there is actual um in terms of how your cells will operate differently, specifically from the mitochondria out, your immunity will change. Mm. That takes practice though. That you have to commit to doing it for that to change. Like your right. ability for hey, your just immu- do one shower. I think you kick, I think your nervous system operates differently from one shower and you're immune, you may boost your immune system, you're called autonomic, like automatic um, immunity, Mm -hmm. but for a really, like, for his kind of effect and for, like, something that's really sustained... Yeah, it has to become your lifestyle. Right. You have to literally change your lifestyle. Right. And not have a problem with winter. <laughs> right.
0: Me, maybe I'm trying to avoid stuff. No, <laughs> I like, think like, get it's... me out of here. I don't know if this makes me think too much. I want to go to the warm.
1: Well, I don't know, Danielle. You said I'm it, not me. Sure. But I think a lot of people don't like the cold because they don't have a practice of actually just- Look, I there I have limits. We all have our limits. Um but I believe most of us can embrace the cold to the to a better extent so that we're not at the very least hating winter. Mm-hmm. I do believe that. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, there's no I don't know of a better practice than actually just doing this. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you don't eventually get cold, it's just it doesn't bother you in the same way. And back to that whole point about being on earth, to me, it's like, well unless you have the capacity to consistently migrate, you might want to get used to this right this whole hot cold thing that I mean, happens <laughs> right. every year right somewhere right <clears throat> um, but there's probably some migratory need like mm-hmm. I wondered you know when we think about like should we be more nomadic? I don't know mm-hmm. maybe maybe to some extent we should be
0: right. Yeah, like we're all like kind of positioned so much in this specific space. And then a lot of times that's it. And you stay there for the rest of your life. And I don't, I...
1: I I think there's something natural about moving, but it's also intriguing to build a home that is, that endures. Mm -hmm. Um, So both are tempting. Uh, Right. And maybe both are good. Right. The way we go about it might have more to do with that whole foundational question of, like, are we just individuals or are we part of a collective? Can Or can we reform that concept? But, again, that's a whole different can of worms.
0: <laughs> that is a whole different can of worms, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I used to really want to have like this specific home, like I had in my mind around here. And
1: in Bucks County. In, yeah. In, in idyllic, magazine-friendly Bucks County.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> like I have these certain roads that I would always drive up and down in, in like Upper Makefield that are just like lined with the most beautiful homes you've ever seen with cedar shake roofs and everything. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love this, you know. And now I've gotten more almost like simplistic in my view where I want to travel, travel, like that's become like, that's trumped it where I'm like, I would rather have like a more simple home here and be able to travel around and be able to, you know, cause obviously you have to weigh it out financially. So you can't, most people can't have it all both ways. So it's like, you know, if I was to have more money to put into something, it would be experiences now and traveling and experiencing different different places, different foods, different ways. And that probably wouldn't be forever, but there's like an, an itch and a bug that's happening for me right now that I know I'm going to scratch soon. So it's just going to you know, it's just prioritizing. And then, you know, then maybe you do, you come back and then you make that home that you want to, that's fully, exactly what you need to to sustain, but.
1: Yeah, to be playfully blunt about it, I think the concept of having like, essentially what is, a, to be politically correct, a queendom or kingdom mm-hmm. is a little, um, backwards. And what we are all largely trying to figure out is how to have our community and what is enough within that community, so to speak, like our private space, our personal space and the capacity to go elsewhere and come back. Mm -hmm. I think that's natural. I think that makes sense. I think especially because having a family is seemingly pretty natural. Mm. Wanting to have a family is pretty natural. Needing to have those roots makes sense but they don't have to be it doesn't have to turn into a freaking kingdom which i don't know any (laughs) like where you're amassing inevitably things are going to change and inevitably you're going to want to explore being alive in a new way Mm -hmm. i think there's a foundation for how we go about it that's just confused and that's why we're always like it's like, huh, I thought I wanted that, but maybe I didn't. It's like, right. Well, I think what you really wanted just didn't look like that. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know, honestly, and I think about this because it sounds like such a silly thing to say. I don't know anyone, and I know very wealthy people for whom have just having their what I'm calling kingdom or whatever mm-hmm. is enough. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's not. There's inevitably some other kind of way of engaging with a community that they are going to yearn for. Mm-hmm. Figuring out how to have better community seems like, I guess, the whole point mm-hmm. there of that little ramble.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, and I <clears throat> that was like the driving <laughs> force for the store, actually, initially, was creating community. Um, creating community of like minded people that we can ex- discuss and exchange views and ideas with. That was the mission initially. Um, and that is how I feel about Local Spotlight, too. It's like I am i love creating community. I love connecting people. And so, yeah, I absolutely firsthand can say that that's a huge part of what drives me every day is, like, connecting people and creating that community feel, like, with everybody, not just me and them. Like I love to connect people and like I've already thought of some different people that I think like would be great guests for you, um, that you would really enjoy and vice versa. And like, I just like to, I just love exchanging ideas and exchanging views and having that community base. You're right. But then you need to also, so it's nice. So if you have those ties and then you leave for a little or you go and you do and you explore and you come back you know that those people are still like your people and they're your core. But <clears throat> what about for people who are like traveling for work like that that like their their occupation lends them to travel all over the world and they never know where they're going to be, right? So they're creating those little pieces of community all over the world and what that means for them is that they have a connection everywhere that they can kind of call home when they're, you know, when, when they're stopping here or stopping there, or like if they're on a boat or something like that, you know what I mean? Like they, um, they're creating that community all around the world. It's not necessarily the way our community looks like here in Bucks County, Mm. where we see it as being more stationary and, and being able to like, you know, have that group of people, but if you are a traveling nomad, you are visiting you know, and you're all around, you're like, well, that's my community, those my people, that's my people in Florida, that's my people in, you know, South Africa, Bahamas, I don't know, Aruba, wherever they are, you know? So it's different. It's just it's a different way of looking at it, a different perspective.
1: Yes. Yeah. And context is there's always a context to it. Like that person is either potentially single or Mm-hmm. Maybe married, but maybe I, mean, I can imagine that getting harder and harder when you start to have kids. So, right, right. just <clears throat> the context. Like, a, I can imagine that being pretty easy for a single entrepreneur who's mm-hmm. yeah, the roots are established in a different way. Mm-hmm. And it's not a good or bad thing. Like, it's not a better or worse. Right. It's just context. Right. So. I know for myself as a father, <laughs> right. Um, thinking of how to go about things is usually from that context, right? almost entirely. Right, like
0: how could you do this with that situation? Yeah. You would have to be on the road with your son,
1: and then how does that look? And yeah, there's a lot. And there's the context of, as you brought up, commerce and the need to have... A, these are obvious points, but when you start to put it in these terms, like, yeah, that's how everybody... Probably is unintentionally or intentionally framing their 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 world. So hypothetically, is there maybe there's a way that the this is I guess what drives me. If we have a clearer sense of some of these principles that are relevant for all of us, maybe we can make it easier ultimately for people to have this kind of fulfillment without, not to sound dramatic, but without the the suffering. Mm -hmm. right? And the suffering isn't always so explicit or obvious, but I think there is a lot of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that all comes from, the suffering comes from you focusing on the lack of what you think your life should be (laughs) or where you think you should be going or who Mm. you think you should be with or all of those things, right? It's so that goes back to like that awareness of like just being able to sit with where you are and knowing that you are exactly, you are in fact exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And when you can sit with that piece, then you can and it takes conscious it, it takes being very conscious. It takes daily effort. I have to get myself there <clears throat> every day. It doesn't just naturally happen where I'm naturally at peace. I'm not there. Mm-hmm. But um, if you can sit with yourself. But if you
1: wear these more, you might
0: <laughs> <laughs> Keep it all inside. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it's just like you when you can sit with where you're at and realize that you're where you need to be and and not be worried. And feeling like you're lacking stuff, then that's because that's where all of the suffering comes is the feeling of lack or or missing out or or you know, it's the lack
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of something. Yeah. Yeah, I understand and it makes sense.
0: Yeah. It does. <laughs> I'm glad we're making sense to each other. I think uh, I think we are making sense. I, I hope that everybody understands what <laughs> we're saying.
1: <laughs> well, Inevitably, there will be questions, which is I expect that. Um, DMX was the other thing on the list. <laughs> oh God, yeah, yeah. Oh my God, but, I don't
0: even know how to go. Do there. you know
1: Kristen Moore, by the way? Or no? Okay, no. I think you'd be. I think you'd get along, but she and I just were recently joking about nineties rap as well. Oh
0: my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, you're
1: about the. I assume you're about the same age. We're all more or less the same age, but same general generation and hearing. Hey, that, those were the glory days of rap, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Those were the glory days of rap. Snoop Dogg, <laughs> Biggie, who else? Um, Tupac. Tupac, yeah. Um, who else?
1: Well, Puff Daddy, CMX. of course. Oh, my God, Puff Daddy. Yeah, yeah I forgot about Puff forget, Daddy. Puff him. Daddy
0: was kind of in like, he was in the background, though, for a while with Biggie, wasn't he? I he guess was, so like, until he died. I don't know if he, <laughs> yeah. he was
1: like it seemed like he was alongside of it. There was, there was a family. They called it the family. Oh, right. P. Diddy and the family. Oh, yeah. Right, right. There was Dr. Dre and oh, the gang. Right. Yeah, I
0: liked him. Oh, and the um, <laughs> who were the people that did that? Um,
1: I should say, except for two of the people we've named, they're all still uh, alive. Crea- yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not even sure. Um, I, I've my music has
1: since changed. <laughs> Well, I guess the most important thing is do you think Tupac is dead or not? I guess that's the you most know important what? question.
0: Back then I bought into the story that was on the news, right? Now if he died <laughs> if he died today, I would probably think he wasn't dead. Fair enough. Just based on where, where I go with things now, I would probably think that he was hiding on an island somewhere. And he could be.
1: You're good at questioning I don't know the, the narratives.
0: Yeah. It's good, but sometimes you just want to take it easy and just accept what you're being told.
1: Yes, <laughs> there's a it's balance. Nice,
0: yeah, to just believe something for once too, you know.
1: Well, that's where I guess you probably allow yourself to just enjoy a meal, right? Just have a- I do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I do allow myself to enjoy the meals. Yes, I just yeah. got back from San Diego, and my sister and I, I know we were talking about that. We, um, she was joking. I think you saw she took a screenshot of me like right when I was getting ready to leave. We were at a restaurant, and she took a picture or video of me in the restaurant and said, like, meal number eighty seven, finally last meal of the trip about to leave. And I saw that when I was walking through like security at the airport to get on my plane, I just started crying laughing. I'm like, oh my God, it is meal number eighty seven. like Allsby did was like hop around, you know, it's like that's the uh. The main thing when you're experiencing all these new places. But no, that was a fantastic trip, San Diego, too. <laughs> That's an amazing place. I'm sure you've been to San Diego. I have. Diego. Yeah,
1: I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, we rode I probably from. didn't see nearly as much as you did. I was just there for a wedding. Oh, it was, okay. It was fun in just that way.
0: Yeah. And we rented electric bikes, which are fun, by the way. Have you tried an electric bike?
1: No, not yet. Oh, um,
0: me either I've... until then. I was opposed to it at first. I'm like, I want to get exercise. I'm like, you can do the electric bike. I'm doing a real bike. I want to pedal. And then all of a sudden, like, and then her and our other friend were getting electric bikes. And then the woman that was running us the bike, she's like, you're missing out if you're not getting an electric bike. I'm like, all right, I'll try it. And I did. And you can control how much, you know, your exertion you're giving so you can still get a workout with it. Yeah, you pedal still. It was fun. It's a lot of fun. I would love to get one, actually, around here. Even maybe.
1: You should. Yeah, I might. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pedal all over the hills, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then maybe the kids will get them. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, we checked off DMX. That was the last thing on my mental list. We could keep going, but I kind of thing.
0: Yeah. No, I think I think We're... we covered a lot of good stuff.
1: Do you want to say anything more about the school or spotlight for now? Not that we can't. Not that it won't be relevant another time?
0: Um, I just, I think um, the spotlight is, um, it's unfolding. Just kind of like stay tuned to see what's happening with that. There's um, a lot of fun people in the pipeline to go out and visit and spotlight. Um, and then a lot of different ways that um, I'm going to kind of like cultivate that that page to be like really authentic. Because I've been teetering for a couple of years on being able to fully express what I really want to say and having to walk a fine line because of a lot of different things. So it's going to be nice to, to see where that goes. You know, I'm, I've been just like doing a lot of like internal thinking and work to try to see, like, I don't want to put anything out there that's not authentic. I want to be. That's
1: that's clearly the theme, authenticity. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Clearly, right? Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to see where that goes. Like, sometimes I get, I like, I like, put a lot of pressure on myself where I'm like, I should have been, I should be having more of these up there. I should be posting more. I should have, I wanna keep the momentum and then, you know, all of this. But then, like, I'm like, you know what? Like, I can't if I don't feel like I have something wonderful that I wanna share or something even authentic or like heartfelt. Maybe it's not like wonderful news, but something that's true that is important to say, you know? So um so I, I yeah. so sometimes I just wait and it just sits for a little bit, you know. Um, but just know that there's it's 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 forming into something really cool and you know, I'll be partnering up with people that are aligned and doing some really cool things. So Bravo. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so it's fun to watch so far. I'm thinking about those two guys. You had the meal they they prepared some. Oh,
0: the Service brothers. They look, that looked fun. That's fun. Yeah. They'd be great to have too. They're amazing.
1: I'll talk to anybody. They're amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah. They're, they're great, great people. They're twin brothers. They're, um, they looked have good. a love for cooking and really good ingredients and they've started their own little thing over quarantine too. So like a lot of good things have come from people having to get creative, you know? Wonderful. All yeah. Right. So that was really fun, really good gourmet, top-of-the-line food, personal chef. Yeah.
1: Well, cheers for creativity. Yes. To say the least.
0: Certainly. Thank you for having me on. Cheers. <laughs> cheers with some lavender. Uh, oh, and I have lemon. a little left. I have yeah. just enough for a swig.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks again, Danielle. Thank you all for listening. If you don't already, which if you're at this point in the show, I imagine you do, please subscribe to Movement Matters with me, your wonderful host, Colin Kurtz. We are going to be continuing to record quite a few of these. We have a number of shows uh, lined up for the next few weeks, and we're not planning to take a break anytime soon. So, you listening and um, engaging, obviously fuels, inspira- uh, fuels this wonderful hmm, source of information, to say the least. Hopefully it's educational. Hopefully it's uh, enriching and just all around good for you. That's the idea at the very least. On that note, we'll end with a little song inspired by Danielle. And thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll leave you with this. Be well. Ta-ta.